ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 92, Building a Personal Brand. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Today, we're going to talk about personal branding on the internet and why it's critically important moving forward for not only your own business, but if you have a career that you're cultivating and you're potentially ever going to be employed again, why we think this is also really important. And you and I disagree a little bit on this, Sandy, so we're going to dive into that as well. But this episode was inspired by a Medium article that we both read. And let me just pull that article up. Do you have it up in front of you, Sandy? Mm-hmm. And what I do. Okay, so what is that article called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called, it's by Nicholas Cole. And the article is two years from now, if you don't have a personal brand, nobody is going to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pretty strong statement. It is, right? And so he's a guy who's really good at getting followers on the internet and building a really strong digital presence. And so he writes headlines that I think are controversial. So I think this this is largely true, but maybe not as extreme as he makes it out to be in his article. So this is a guy who is a top writer on Medium. He's like a top expert on Quora. He has something like 50 million views. And this it's a really, really short article. It's like a four-minute read. But I think it's super important if you are not thinking along the lines of your personal brand and you're in the beginning stages or sort of mid-level stages of building a business, this is something that should give you pause. And it certainly has given us pause. I mean, we've been thinking about this for a couple of years now, both of us, Sandy. But I think it's really important to think about the trends that are taking place online. And everything is moving toward all of us being a unique brand out in the world. And and I, I mean, that's controversial. <laughs> that's maybe not what we would hope for, that we, you know, that we all have to build a personal brand. But I think in terms of business and career, that's definitely the direction that things are moving. Yes. He says that he sees people or people in business paying a lot of money for traditional radio ads and print ads or even Facebook ads. And he just thinks that's ludicrous and is like, just spend some time on your personal brand because that is free and it is how you get invited to the party, basically. is like you show up online and you show up with your thoughts and your industry leading thoughts and then you get asked to do things. And I think it's a really compelling point. Yeah. He's echoing a lot of what Seth Godin says as well, which is to write every day or to produce content every day. And it doesn't need to be 
be thoroughly researched and it doesn't need to be strategic. It is just like whatever you're thinking, if you play a role in an industry or in a niche or in a community, just go ahead and say what you're thinking. I mean, that's what we essentially do with our podcast, right? Like this, that's the way Mm -hmm. we show up and we don't put out a podcast every day. We put out two podcasts a week, but it's a place for us to, to sort of share what's coming through our minds as we're observing what's happening on the internet, in our business, in our community, and, you know, with among each other as we're building this, this business. And I think it's important because it's, it's a way for us to share our journey publicly. And and that's what he's calling out to do. I mean, this is also similar to what Nathan Berry says in the book Authority, which we've talked about quite a bit as well. It's just this idea that share your learning, share your experiences, and people people will come who are drawn to what you're what you have to say. I want to make a point about women and what you just said. And I think it's hard for us to feel like we do have an authority to speak on anything sometimes. I think we have to, well, yeah, I think that I'll just say personally that it's hard for me to like talk on a subject if I don't have a master's degree in it. You know, like there's this feeling that I have to completely know and understand something 100% before I can uh, voice an opinion on it. So if I was listening to this podcast, I would say, but I don't have something every day to speak about, or I don't know enough, or I would come up with a million excuses, like I am not enough to state that yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this author, Nicholas's counter to you would be just go ahead and share what you're saying to your friends when you go out to coffee or with your colleagues over drinks at happy hour. I mean, that that whatever you're saying in those, like everyone says lots of things every day and whatever you're saying in those conversations is what you should be putting out publicly online. And I think that doesn't need to be in the form of blogging. It can be in the form of Instagram captions. It can be in the form of a podcast. It can be in the form of I don't know, whatever, wherever else you're showing up, a Twitter, like a Twitter chat, like wherever you show up online, um, show up sort of fully as yourself and not as staged and not as planned out. And I think this goes a little bit against one of our last episodes where we were talking about trends in online business, where we were saying post better content. And I think that's true in a lot of ways for blogging, but in terms of how you show up daily online, whether it's in social or wherever, I think that this being sort of honest and off the cuff and just sort saying what you think about what you're observing is also really important. And I, how you juxtapose those two things, I think is where, where the grace happens or the nuance happens. Yeah, that's true. I think that right now that is mostly happening on Instagram that people are, and I don't think it has, he says daily, but really I don't think to build a personal brand that you have to do something daily, but probably multiple times a week at a minimum. But I think the bigger point of his is that show up how whatever platform that is and say what you need to say. And people like myself need to get over the fact that they're not thoroughly studied in all areas that you may be speaking on. But the only way that you are going to get asked to do anything, whether that's speaking or uh, podcasts or guest blogging or new clients is if people can find you. And the only way they can find you is if you show up online in whatever shape or form that may take. Yeah, I've been really reluctant to do this personally. I think I hide a bit behind our brands and i that's where I'm comfortable. I'm really happy to put out content, but sort of have my name associated with it, but sort of under a layer of another brand. And this article really, that's why I slacked it to you immediately when I saw it. I, it gave me pause because I think that there is something powerful in stepping out kind of in front of your brand. And I was just scrolling through our Instagram, our collective Instagram for Soulful MBA, Sandy 
community and I was looking at stories, just like looking at the handles that people had. And I would say like about half of our kind of community uses their own name as their sort of handle on Instagram and half like us hide behind a larger named brand. Um, and it's really interesting. I, I think it's important for brands to have a presence, but I think in a lot of ways on social media or anywhere else where you're posting personally, like it is kind of stronger to use your own name. And you and I have struggled with this. I, yes. It's hard because there are two of us, right? And so I don't think we're changing anytime soon. But I think for those of you who are a single person, sort of the figurehead of your brand, it's it's quite lovely if you can use your own name because I'm more apt to click on the story of someone who's using their own name. I noticed that I'm interested in following people who use their, their own name rather than hiding behind a brand. Do you feel that way too, Sandy? I haven't actually noticed that. And maybe it's because the brands that I like, I've intentionally follow everyone that's on my Instagram. So I know who they are and I follow them for a reason. But I know that it's such a dilemma for a lot of our clients that, you know, do I use my own name or do I use my company name? And it's interesting that you say hide behind because I'm not sure that that's what people are doing if they choose a business name. I don't know. Why do you say that word hide behind? <laughs> it's my own, like, or is that, it's my is own that gut you? feeling. I mean, it's easier for Namastream to put something out. Like there have been times where, for example, we manage a bunch of different social accounts, right? Like we have multiple Facebook business pages and Pinterest accounts and Instagram accounts. And there are times in Facebook in particular where like there's a drop down for all the pages you manage or yourself when you're posting. And there have been a couple of times where I've accidentally posted as myself on one of our business pages. And I'm like, <gasps> and I like go and I delete it. And I'm like, I didn't post this. Namastream posted this. And I don't know why I have that reaction. I think partly because I'm obsessed with my own privacy. Like, like, I don't want necessarily p random people following, fr trying to send. I mean, I get a bazillion friend. Like, I don't even know how many. I just like don't ever accept friend requests anymore on Facebook. Like, I don't even post personally in there. Like, I just use Facebook for our business and in our community. But it just makes me really uncomfortable that someone would know that I'm connected, even though they could figure that out if they pieced it together, right? Like, who's the founder and who who works for this company? And I don't know. I maybe am more private and, and like hyper focused on privacy. And I think, you know, we have another episode coming out on deleting all your social media accounts that's based on the Jared Lanier book. And I, I also trend that way. Like I'm on both sides. Like I agree with Nicholas in this article we're talking about today that you need to build a personal brand and you need to have a presence online. And that the first thing someone's going to do before they go meet with you or have coffee with you or accept you as a speaker at their conference is going to Google you, right? And that's really important. And I think because of that, I'm hyper critical about anything that gets posted with my name on it. Like I want to control the first two or three pages of Google for when someone searches for my name. And I think that's another reason that we wanted to talk about this today with on the podcast is is because like you th that's a strong argument for posting a lot of stuff yourself under your own name because you want to be in control of what shows up for your name search on Google. Yeah, I learned that from Olivia Pope. Control the narrative. Control the narrative. Yeah, this is like the first lesson I learned in politics. So if you want to benefit from my like early days as a political operative, this is what you get. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure that that anyone who's worked in politics would agree. Like you really want to control the narrative, and you don't have a lot of control over what shows up. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. 
You can learn more at namastream.com. But for those people that have chosen to use a business name as opposed to their personal name, like you can still build your personal brand around that, right? Like you don't all need to go and change your your social handles to your personal right. name. But that's not what I we're think saying it, at all. No. I think though that it's how you show up and and the consistency with which you show up. Because you know people are going to Google you. You know that. So what does that look like? And I think just to be out there and consistent with some message, I think is really important. And I think that his paragraph here that says, take all those stories you have and tell them. So all those stories that you would normally talk about over coffee, tell them. Take the things that get you fired up about your industry and instead of keeping them to yourself, say them out loud. Do that on a regular basis. More than one piece of content every seven months would be a good place to start. (laughs) So when you say that, it's like, oh yeah, I could do that. I've got some opinions. I can get fired up about this. I see trends. I see great people doing amazing things. Like I can shout that out. So for some reason, the way he described it, it made me more comfortable, you know, thinking about speaking up more frequently online. Good. Yeah, I agree. And I feel the same way. And and I will point out that there are a few places where you really need to show up as yourself. So the places like Quora, where you're responding to questions or asking questions, places like LinkedIn, places like Medium, you can have a relationship to a larger brand, but you really, those mediums are actually tied to your own name and your own personal account. And so I think that that's helped me. Like I've put quite a bit of our blog posts onto Medium and they're in my own name. They're linked to a brand, like a larger publication, which is our brand. And the same thing for LinkedIn too. Like when we put out a blog post and I'm particularly proud of, I will post it as a LinkedIn article. And it's, it's of course, attached to my name then. And it just, to me, it's sort of like, it's always like a little gasp because to me, that's like all these people who follow me professionally are seeing something that our brand just put out and, and it's tied to me now. Like I can't hide behind a team or I can't hide behind the brand. And when you say, Sandy, that you don't feel like you have the expertise necessarily without a master's degree to say something, like I think that that's also where my concern or fear is rooted, right? Like there are a handful of things that I'm willing to stand up and shout from the rooftops like I am an expert at XYZ. And there's a lot of other stuff that I'm just a student, right? I'm still learning. I mean, you're always learning everything, but like really still learning, still getting my chops wet or <laughs> I don't even know what the appropriate, <laughs> appropriate phrase is. I know there. what you mean. I'm still like, I'm just getting my sea legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm learning. And so to write, you know, something that feels like a, a sort of definitive article and to put that out and to have spent a lot of time producing content like I'm proud of it but at the same time it's not the same level of expertise that I have about other things that are attached to my name mm-hmm. well I think we should just both of us get over that issue I think we just, just need start. to get over it and I feel like every time we see an article like this like this one this medium post by Nicholas that we it's always a man that's written this like it's almost never a woman that writes articles like this like and he just like like even his bio is like top author on core <laughs> like top poster on medium like you know like just so confident like there's just a level of confidence that i think we can learn from yeah, as well yeah absolutely and i want to touch upon for those listeners that don't have their own business this we still think applies to you and even if you are, you know, you have a career in a certain industry and you don't have your own business, people are still 
looking for you, like checking you out. What have you posted? What have you done? And so I think it's really important to keep your LinkedIn up to date and relevant and interesting. And that is your personal brand, right? Yeah. Oh, it totally is. I mean, just like, I feel like almost everyone is on LinkedIn, but I'm on LinkedIn and I go in there and it's always like so concerning to me when I see like, click here to see who's viewed your profile in the last 30 days. And I'm like, who... Who is it? Like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you doing this? But like every one of us, like we don't get a little report from Google. Like when we log in to, to search in Google saying like, here are the 300 people that have looked, oh my God, you I know, would not want have that. Googled your name in the last 24 hours. Yeah. But like the truth is, is that's what's going on. So if, if you have any public presence, whether you have a business or you have a career that you're looking to grow and you're looking to develop expertise in your industry, like regardless, if you have a public opinion and a public presence, people are Googling you just the way it is. That, yeah, you got to recognize that. It's just a, a freaky thing to think about, like what that number would actually be. I don't ever want to see that information. Yeah. Like every time I Google myself, I always like, I like hold my breath. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to be like on page. Not that I have anything that I think is going to show yeah, up. You sound like there's like a there's dodgy no past secret, there. dodgy anything. <laughs> it's just like, actually, like, what is it? You know, and I can't imagine being you know, like 19 years old and having had my entire like high school and college life. So like life on the internet, the way that folks do now, like kids growing up now, kids these days. (laughs) So we also wanted to share some really great examples of people we're seeing who are doing a great job at their own personal brands. So if you wanted to check out what we think are good personal brands, uh, we're going to give you a, a list. What's your number one? Yeah. I mean, I think like Pat Bailey, like we talk about her a lot and she's a friend of ours. And I think she does a really good job at building a public brand and a public persona to the point that she's built a career out of it. So anyone you know who is an influencer, they're obviously cultivating like that's a job. Like becoming an influencer is a job. It's not a job that I think I would want, but I'm really fascinated by people who are able to do that well. Because I think there are a lot of people who want that job, who do want it and are not able to to kind of hold it together. So she is someone who stands out to me. Yeah. And before we hit record, another one was Danielle Laporte. I mean, she's done a great job of a personal brand, but I wanted to also give examples of people who aren't like famous authors or, you know, who don't have 100,000 plus followers on Instagram. So the name that I came up with is Carmen Spaniola, and she's out of Victoria, and her last name is spelled S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. And Carmen lives in, I believe, like inner city Victoria, and she has a podcast, and she does all this like gardening in her backyard, and she is a energy worker. She does so many cool things. And I think that you know, her Instagram feed is not like super beautiful, like Pat Bailey's, but who she is and what she's doing. And she's just this cool woman that I totally want to follow and know. And I get that from her Instagram. But I think my, when I hear personal brand, I think calculated and perfect and matching colors. And I just think that you can have a really influential 
you know, an impressive personal brand without it being IG perfect. Yeah. I mean, look at Elena Brower. I think a lot of people in our audience probably follow Elena Brower because of who she is in the yoga world. And I really respect her from what I've learned and the interactions I've had with her. And I mean, if you look at her following on Instagram, for example, like it's not perfectly artistically curated and it's fine. It's lovely. It's it's perfectly fine, but it's not the same as Pat Bailey's and it's not the same as a lot of these kind of creative entrepreneur accounts that we follow. Because I mean, there are a lot of people who are designers, like graphic designers and web designers and artists. And I think for those of us who are not professional artists, it's really perplexing to look at those feeds because that's just not, I mean, honestly, I'm never going to be that, you know, and for my Instagram account, which is I'm not trying to, again, not trying to cultivate a personal brand, have privacy settings so that like only my family and close friends can follow. Like I use different filters. It's kind of all patchy, patchy. It's like my kid. It's it's like stuff I wouldn't post publicly for other than for people who know me, right? Just to like keep up with what my family's doing. And I don't care. Like I don't care that it's all like laid out in an order and that there are like every third picture. It has white space. Like I don't care at all. Like it's not worth my time. And I think there are a lot of people who have personal brands who are doing important work in the world who also don't care about that. So just try, I think if you're not in the creative artistic space, like don't try to compare your personal brand to someone who's an artist because your art may be not visual art, right? Like your expertise and your profession may lend itself well to something else. And I don't think people care. Just look at some of these these accounts that are not artists. The other one that we love, but is a bit of a a visual mess is Sassy Lisa Lister, who is the author of Witch, the book that you and I are both in love with. And I like look forward to her posts. She is definitely someone who's, you know, her writing and her Instagram captions just have me like, I'm so intrigued by what she's doing and what she's saying and how she's living. And there's no consistency with brand colors or amount of white space or anything. And but I love her personal brand. Like you could definitely look up Lisa Lister and figure her out and what she's doing. So I think my point is I don't want people to feel like they need to master graphic design to have a personal brand. It's just about showing up and being you and doing something consistently. Yeah. And Brene Brown is another example of at almost a million followers. Like Brene Brown is a really good example of someone who I think has an incredible personal brand that's built on her expertise and what she's genius at in this world. And you go on her Instagram account and it's fine. Again, it's fine. It's not like artistically beautiful. It's not like matchy matchy and there's a certain color theme. It's like she's a real human being living a phenomenal existence and having tremendous impact on people. And that's okay. And it just shows up like her real life. And I think that's something truly to aspire to. Like if you're building a following because you're able to like curate colors perfectly and matchy matchy pattern out your Instagram, then that's one way of growing something. (laughs) But you can also, you know, grow your personal brand through your lived existence by having an impact on people. And that's okay too. There you go. Joy and hustle. Let's do it. Oh, good. I get to do the joy today. Because <laughs> so, I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I was shocked 
everyone to find this out because I feel like Sandy's usually a little bit ahead of me on any food related trends just because of our habits and who we are as human beings. But I'm just going to talk about shrubs. I'm going to link to a Food 52 article from like five years ago, Sandy, (laughs) just so you know, you're a little behind the game here about how to make shrubs. And I like if you don't know what a shrub is, I don't know. Maybe you're like Sandy. Maybe you're Canadian. Because maybe it just didn't go north at the border or something. Oh, seriously. Maybe it's a West Coast thing. I don't, I don't know. know. So shrubs are drinking vinegars. And I feel like every party I've been to this summer and we just had house guests and they brought and made shrubs and like literally every party I go to this summer, I'm served a shrub. Sorry to interrupt you. Did they make the shrub at your house? You know what? I don't they know. Bring it? I had a lot of people in my house and I wasn't really in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I was working. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. I honestly oh, don't know. Okay. It was so just fascinating. It showed up on my counter. So okay. they may have made it. It was in one of my jars. So they may in fact have made it. I don't know while they were here. They did make it whether they made it while they were here. I, it may have needed to ferment. I
head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free.